Hello and welcome to the show. In this new podcast, we'll be exploring social issues and the way in which people engage with them in the real world and explore them in the fictional world. In each episode, we'll be talking to people who've made the decision to act to bring about positive change in a particular area, and we present new audio shorts exploring the themes in question. In this episode, we're looking at grassroots political party campaigning in the run-up to the general election next month on June the 8th. I'll be talking to Liz Ward, who ran as an MP for the Greens in 2015, and Lauren Allpress, who managed campaigns for Labour in general elections and leadership bids. And we present Firm Voters, a new audio drama by Julia Cranny, whose play Empty Beds transferred from the Edinburgh Fringe to the Arcola Theatre in London last summer. But before we get going, we want this to be a collaborative project. That means if you have any ideas about the structure of the show or the content, we'd love for you to get in touch. I'll give you more information about how you can do that at the end, but for now, I hope you enjoy. Why is this happening to me? Why is this happening to me? Yes, I did. Um, in in 2015, I uh, took it upon myself to uh, start the first ever uh, parliamentary campaign for the Green Party in my hometown of St. Helens, which is just outside of Liverpool. Um, this is like the biggest Labour safe seat. Uh, like I think 65% majority is huge. Um, but we wanted to give a bit of diversity and I was really, really idealistic and very left wing. Um, so yeah, ran, ran a campaign with one of my friends and it was interesting. Smashing. Yeah, and fun. <laughs> um, and Lauren, you have organised campaigns? Yes. On the ground for yeah. election and leadership? Yes. For Labour? Brilliant. That's right. How was that? Yeah, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> It's, um, yeah, so I started, I joined the Labour Party when I was at uni, when I, when I did politics and I kind of figured out it was Labour, back to because I grew up in a really Tory household. Um, and then when I left uni, went to go work for the Labour Party, and it was sort of the longest, best, most mad five years of my life. Wow. Yeah, just kind of been to lots of places I never thought I'd go, and met lots of people I never thought I'd meet, and found out lots of things about the world. So what was that <laughs> role specifically? This was like a job that you were doing. Yeah, so I started off as a trainee campaign organiser. Mm-hmm. So it was literally to show up to places that had elections on, organise the Labour grassroots volunteers and the members into something that resembles a sort of sane, effective yep. campaign to get out of the Labour vote and try and win. And was that in the run, were you hired in the run up to an election or was it yes. just a general? Yeah, so I was actually part of a, like a, a tranche of trainee organisers. Um, we were kind of like wheeled out as like the exciting, <laughs> bright young new face of the Labour Party in 2011. Um, and they were saying, this is us, this is like, this campaign is all about grassroots campaigning. This is the, the team of exciting young people that are going to help us win. Which is a big thing for pretty much all of the parties on the left, right? This like yeah. boots on the ground type. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, like our thing is like the Tories have got money and we've got people. We've got people. 
Um, so what, in that respect, what got you both into that to begin with? The actual, like, beyond tweeting a, a rant or, or signing a petition, why, why go door to door? I think for me, I um, so I voted. I voted Lib Dems in twenty ten and was burnt so hard. (laughs) (laughs) Was burnt so hard to the point where I was like, I am never voting again. Politics is broken, and was swiftly told by my mum that you are a young black woman and therefore you're gonna vote. (laughs) (laughs) So kind of took it upon myself in about what two thousand and twelve, maybe, to sit down and read manifestos and work out what party stood for. Um, kind of being from a safe Labour seat, I was always quite lucky that the Tories were never going to sneak mm-hmm. in. So felt a, a bit more loose in what I could campaign about and what I was passionate about. Um, studied zoology at uni, so like very connected to the environment, and that's what led me to the Green Party. I'm very passionate about climate change. It, climate change? Climate change. <laughs> I love climate too. <laughs> but yeah, super passionate about that, and then that's what led me to the Greens. And then uh, returned back home after uni in, uh, yeah, about 20... 15, something like that, 2014, and then um, found there wasn't a Green Party in uh, my area, so just kind of helped push it forward, and yeah, real grassroots in the sense of no one's door had ever been knocked by the Greens before, yeah, that. so that was quite interesting, <laughs> in uh, kind of, uh, I don't know, like, succinctly putting your message across, and pushing forward, I guess, a, a very left-wing agenda in a very bite-sized manner quite interesting so yeah yeah so um i joined the late party when i was at uni partly because i took politics figured out that that was what i was all about partly because eddie Izzard was doing an event at uni and if you remember the late party it was only a pound oh, to get in yeah, otherwise it was three pounds yeah. so i was like well <laughs> great luckily it worked out really well and uh <laughs> i sort of really liked it and then it was actually not until I got back from uni, because I wasn't into the whole, like, student politics thing, because I just found it really, like, just wasn't up, up my street. It was all quite, like, driven by um, ambition to, like, go and work for an MP or, like, be someone that I wasn't sure I wanted to be, so I was, like, not into that. And then when I got back home, uh, as soon as I got back home, I registered at my home address and then, like, got loads of, because the Berry North, which is where I'm from originally, is a really marginal seat. It's a really marginal mm-hmm. Labour okay. seat, so... I was bombarded with, um, like, please come and help, come out. And then this really lovely woman emailed me saying, hi, Lauren, I've seen that you're a new member. Um, we were trying to get a young labour started here. Are you interested? So I was like, great. sounds great. I was unemployed, like, nothing better to do. <laughs> so I went down to the pub and met these other two lads about my age. And they were like, shall we just shall we go door knocking on Saturday and see what it's all about? Okay. So that's how I started. And I absolutely fell in love with it and then ended up, applying for and getting this job at Labour Party where I got to knock on doors all day and thought it was great. <laughs> so the door knocking. Yeah. Let's pretend I don't know anything about this because part of the podcast is about <laughs> taking people who know about these things but, but just don't really know how or what they would do if they got involved. Mm. What does it involve? You sign up, I'm going to come and campaign for you. Yeah. What does that, what does that entail? Yeah, so imagine having a lot of optimism that something will be really, really straightforward yeah. and then forget that and that's kind of what door knocking's like. I feel like for me it was a lot of seeing a map and seeing streets and being like, we can do those 10 streets in a day, forgetting there's about 100 houses on each street <laughs> and realising it's far more complex than you might be led to believe. The thing that always got me through door knocking was, you know, every few houses that someone did answer 
having a genuine conversation with someone, even if they weren't going to vote for you, just having a, a human contact with someone and asking them questions that they might not have been asked that day or that month or year even, um, makes door knocking less complex. But it is very much like a, a, a mountain, I think, that I never anticipated before. Door yeah. Knocking. yeah, yeah, it's it's a really, truly beautiful, complex, simple, mad thing. Like, the way I always try to put it to like, like in every Labour Party ever, and probably in the other parties as well, you have like the hardcore activists who've like been around forever and they'll be around forever and they're just there and they're kind of running everything or trying to run everything. And it's very easy to get caught up in a bubble mm-hmm. of campaigning yeah, yeah, yeah. and like, you know, it's, you know, it's like echo chamber, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But also of like doing mad things and forgetting that it's mad. So like obviously going to knock on strangers' doors and talking to them about politics is quite a mad thing to do. Like, yeah. in, in, like, most normal people's opinions. Like, pretty much everyone. Yeah. So, like, I always found the funniest thing was, like, trying to get new people to do it, which we were trying to do every single day. That was, like, a huge part of my job. Like, a huge part of my targets was, like, new volunteers, getting new volunteers out. And Justin sent an email saying, hey, guys, we're going out knocking on strangers' doors tomorrow. Come and join us. It's at tea time, just after work. <laughs> yeah. with your family is, like, a terrible offer. You know what I mean? Like, no one's going to accept that. So try and think of ways to say to people, you think this is normal because you're not normal. Like, let's try and get some normal people to come out with us was like a really interesting thing. Like, what are the good things about this? And mainly it was like the social thing. So like showing up and like meeting lots of people you might not have met before who are all presumably like-minded. Yeah. Also, once you get to do it, if you like people even a bit, it's quite fun because mm. you get to talk to people that you know met before yeah. about politics and something you're passionate in. And basically you go to the pub afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> so like if you can get those things and like convince people and... Then it was like about getting the show at once and making them have a good time. That was always like my anxiety as an organiser. Like, oh my God, there's a new person. Like, let's just treat them like they're the best person ever and make sure they come back tomorrow. So that was always fun. Yeah. And the normal people that aren't interested in politics but open the door from the other side, what, what do they want to talk about? Um, I, I mean, coming out, coming out from, a, from a green perspective was um, a lot of amusement and a lot of questions about the local park, which... <laughs> we have no, we have no mandate for, <laughs> um, um, but I do like parks, so that was always nice. Um, and surprisingly, a lot less rudeness than I expected. I did, I did have a few doors slammed in my face, but I think that would have been to anyone knocking on the door after tea time. Yeah, it's such, it's such a, it's such a thing where it's like, when's everyone in yeah. and with their families? <laughs> yes, six p.m. Let's go and disrupt that family time. Yeah. And um, yeah, that that was always kind of uh, that, that pressure of making it worth it. They answer the door, and you're going to say something that they're at least going to not hate. Um, yeah, so. I spoke to so many people, particularly when it's like the month before, where you're kind of just gathering data, and you talk, ring people up, and you talk to them, and you're like, "Hey, have you thought about like who you might vote for next month?" And their response is, "I'm thinking about." what I'm going to cook for dinner right now. <laughs> oh, I've just sat down. I, yeah. no, no. Try, try doing it two Not years at all. before yeah. the election. So, so what, is, like, what is the process? When do you begin the campaign strategy? How does it all... Well, in begin? theory, like, so obviously in my case, my experience was we started four years before the election. Because mm. obviously Labour had lost in 2010. They expected to lose. It was not quite as bad as they thought it was going to be. Sure. Mm. So they thought, we've got a real chance here. And really put a lot of effort into like the long game. So it was like, hire some organisers, get them into some key seats, which are like, you know, mm-hmm. basically uh, Labour Tory marginals or Labour yeah. Dem marginals, and uh, crucially get candidates selected. 
So like, get candidates selected as early as possible, and they can really make a name for themselves, do loads of campaigning, because the biggest thing, which I'm sure you heard a lot, mm. which we all hear, hear a lot, probably like one in two people say this to you, is, oh, you're all the same, yeah. or like, I only see you at election time. So you can trick them by showing up two years before the election. You want to be calm. I'm just annoyed for two years in advance. You've seen a lot of us. Um, yeah, so it's just so the good thing about that was like there was there was a real chance to like organise some proper like genuinely non-election related grassroots stuff. So like we'd go into communities and often start off with a survey and be like, tell us what you think about your area. What's the one thing that you want to change? Yeah, what's the big issue? And it was all basically this is where I this is where I fell in love with community organising and this mm. is how this is what I work still in now, it's like my like passion for, in life is like going into community, figuring out what they need and convincing them that they can change it. Mm. So like in one place it was something as simple as like, Oh, we want a summer festival. Mm. So and so area over there has their own summer festival, we want one. <laughs> we were like, Alright, let's just organise a summer festival then. We literally <laughs> did. Um, and you know, stuff like that. Like that was that was the cool thing about ca- campaigning ahead of an election. Yeah. Yeah, I guess when you're campaigning ahead of time, you can respond to people's what they want yeah. rather than saying, okay, well, this is what we're giving you. Yeah, because the flip side is when I started, that you know, I didn't have a clue. They basically had lots of the right sort of people, like open minded, sociable, friendly, like could get people to do stuff because, you know, they were that sort of person. But a lot of people who had no experience, like recent graduates or whatever. So they trained us up. So in that year, that first year, they just sent us to every election they could think of because I had no idea at the time, but there was elections all the time. Because like, like councillors die, yeah. MPs step down, like yeah. all the time. So they just sent us to every single corner of the country, like just go there, just go there, just go there and like mm-hmm. see what's going on. So there's also that flip side of being like, there's an election in four weeks. This local party have never locked indoors in their entire life. <laughs> we have no idea about what's going on here. What do we do? We just go and be like, are you voting? Great. Are you voting for? Great. Thanks very much. Okay. And you like it. And it's like, that's the complete flip side, which is sort of, it's quite exciting because you're really driven by speaking as many p- people as possible, but it's not as satisfying. It's like being able to actually start a project and yeah. make change. I think that's so interesting because um, obviously we were in Labour Safety, so we were brand new and really, really fresh. So we were very much like kind of mavericks and everyone was just like, okay, you're having a go, go for it. <laughs> and then secretly we were all like, we also like kind of agree with Labour, so it's, we're not going to judge you for your vote. Like if I guess it was a Tory safe seat, it'd be kind of different. Yeah. Um, and I guess, yeah, campaigning in the marginals is quite strange. Even when you drive through marginals, people have like things in their windows, which in my hometown was never a thing. Yeah. No one bothered. So I think that's quite an interesting difference, I guess. Yeah. Really convincing people, and that must be quite a buzz when you do convince someone that you're like, yeah, you're here. Totally, yeah. And every every organizer for this party's got a story about like that time when they worked. They worked on that election where there was one vote in it, or where Mm. they had to draw straws. So like the last person they spoke to, who said who they persuaded to go out and vote, or they gave a lift to, they're like, it was me. (laughs) (laughs) it means that like at quarter to ten on polling day you are running between doors quarter to ten at night you are like i don't care anymore about proper decency about sociable times you're running between doors like please come and vote the polling station is right there i will carry you across like really makes you fit yeah and how's it been this year 
So for me this year, because I've um, obviously I live in London now and uh, I live in Tooting, which is like a fair marginal. I mean, it's not too marginal. I think it's like a six thousand majority. It increased at City Calm was previously yeah. the MP, and um, uh, the MP and in now increased oh, that. Uh, yeah, oh, Rosina Lincoln. So cool. Yeah, she's wicked and she's increased the uh, percentage. So now I do live in a marginal. So I'm like. Yeah, we, we, we need to vote Leave everyone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, after being like, no, vote with your heart and like, yeah. show me the manifesto. Like, Actually, there's a chance where you, you can really yeah. flip it, which maybe makes me question myself a little bit. <laughs> and, um, um, so yeah, so this year's been quite interesting. I'm very broken with Brexit. I was like quite a passionate Remain campaigner and you know, living in our London bubble of Remain. It was great until you get out the M25. Um, <laughs> But, but yeah, so a little bit jaded, and then after Trump as well, which affects us by proxy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but also, living in the marginal is exciting, and I'm really hopeful. I mean, I, I mean, I don't know nationally, but I think in Tootin, I think, yeah, Rizin's great. I think she's, uh, she's going to do it. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, and you know, the polls are changing. Who knows? <laughs> it's quite it's exciting, isn't it? Yeah. It's scary, but it's exciting. I think that is... It's similar to me, so I live in Hampton and Kilburn. Oh, which yeah. is real. That's a real. That's one. a real. That's yeah. a real one. Proper, proper <laughs> yeah. But like, so so is like so. They reckon that any uh, Labour seats that are like under five thousand majority have got yeah. a chance of losing, which is just awful. And now that I'm not working for Labour Party anymore, I sort of have. I feel like I have the luxury to be like, right, I'm only going to campaign for women. And I'm only going to campaign for proper marginal seats. Because before it was like you go wherever you're told, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, oh, what a luxury. Luckily, Hampton and Kilburn, properly marginal. Mm-hmm. It's a young Muslim woman. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, yes, I'm going to campaign to get you in. I'd be exactly the same, like, to campaign for Rosina. Yeah. So in a way, it's like, it's scary and frustrating that Labour's not doing as well as I would hope they, they are doing. But it's also quite, again, quite exciting to yeah. be able to, like, make those decisions and be like, I'm going to go and campaign. It just makes it even better. Like, I, well... Most people in the Labour Party, most activists, have traipsed around campaigning for someone they hate. Like, it's just <laughs> facts. It's just the absolute oh, yeah. facts. Like, there's yeah. so many Labour candidates, there's so many, like, shit blokes particularly. Mm. No offence, but there's lots of no, shit blokes in politics <laughs> that just, just don't get the hint. Yeah. Um, and you just show up and you're like, oh, it's you. Oh, well, you know, <laughs> we just, <laughs> just got to do it. We're here now. Whereas, like, now it's like, there's that extra fire of being able to just, like, I'm going to campaign for this person because I think they're amazing. Mm. I think it'd be an absolute disaster. Mm-hmm. If you weren't an MP anymore, as with Rosina, as yeah. with Tulip, Tadim, who's my MP. Yeah. And what about outside of an election? How do you maintain that involvement once once the votes are in? Yeah, so I mean, outside the election, I'm no longer a member of the Greens anymore. I kind of like stepped away from party politics. Now I work with a, a group called Take Back the City that um, kind of look at radical democracy, so really kind of giving power to communities, a lot of community organising. And I do kind of stuff like that now, outside of the box ticking. Um, I know Tootin Young Labour is like really, really active, so I'm thinking about getting involved with them, maybe. I'm worried my membership will get rejected because I was such a member of the Greens for so long. Um, uh, but, but yeah, so I, but I think politics happens every day, right? And I think oh. that if we confine it to just ticking a box once every four years, then that's, that's not the way that society works. So it has to be political in a lot of different ways. Yeah. And like, we all like everyone's so bored of hearing this but it's so true like young people just don't vote oh, yeah. like it's just it's really bad like 
Yeah, I find it funny that like politicians who made Brexit happen try to blame young people for not voting. You know, it's not their fault; mm. it's your fault to make it happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, politicians, but um, like, how do we change that? Like, it's so important that we change that because you know, young people are the future. Totally, and that that <laughs> point on young people, honestly, it's a head scratcher for me for years. Like, I did in the last election, I ran some workshops with by the ballot who like get young people out there and vote, and they're fantastic. But still, year after year, we are the lowest polling when it comes lowest turnout. Yeah, when it comes to voting, like thirty percent. Yeah, yeah, and it's so awful. And I really can kind of get quite reflective about like why that is. Is the messaging wrong? Is it that we don't buy newspapers? But then we have social media, so like, why doesn't that impact us? And maybe this year it'll be different. That's what I tell myself every time there's an election. Maybe it'll be different. Right, I'm exactly the same. Yeah, I feel like that is also part of being a campaigner. Mm. You just become this like outrageous optimist. Yeah, you have to like every single time. Like I think me and like a lot of colleagues have left the Labour Party. You kind of a bit like. Yeah, you know, I'm just gonna have a break for campaigning for a bit. I'm just mm. gonna go and, you know, chill out for a bit. And then, like, next week, you're like, oh, why just go and. Yeah. Why just, why just go and get involved and see what's going on? Because you just think, this might make a difference. This might be the year. You're totally right. Like, mm. I campaigned for, um, I worked for Rebecca Cooper for, in the Labour leadership election, because mm. my bit, like, my huge thing now is, like, the Labour Party needs to have a woman leader. Like, oh I'm so yeah. outraged that we've never had one. It makes my blood boil. So. Also, so many amazing women in Labour, which is what, which is what, again, yeah, screws my head, but anyway. Right. And this is what upsets me. So many of them are in marginal seats. Yeah. <laughs> and they're just going to get wiped out this election. It's so heartbreaking. Oh. Because it's like, Jess Phillips, Adam Govan, like, Tulip, Rosina. There's just, like, yeah. scores of them. Anyway, don't get me started on that. <laughs> I went to go work, work for a vet, and um, I was so passionate to, like, I was, I, I literally quit my job at the Labour Party, moved to London from Cardiff, like, uprooted my whole life to go work for her because I felt so strongly about her being leader. And it was very apparent, like, quite early on, we were going to lose quite dramatically. And I thought, oh, that was cool, that's fine. And then literally, I remember this moment on on the day of the leadership election. The result, the result was announced, like, it was a landslide that should be Corbyn. And having this, like, moment of purity, of being like, this might be amazing. I'm just, like, all these people you've got involved, all these things, you know, all these kind of, like, rev- seemingly revolutionary things that you're doing. You know, a lot of people that I know are, but were still like, oh, he's awful, this is a disaster. And I was like... It might be okay. Mm. This might be great. This might be the thing we needed. This might get young people out to vote. You never know. So I've always like clung on to that moment of like innocent purity to be like this could happen. Remember this. Yeah, totally. And I mean, with Corbyn as well, the whole like grind for Corbyn movement is pretty interesting and also kind of unexpected. And I guess was kind of led by a lot of big players in the music scene. And who knows how that will change? Because those people won't come up on polls. No one's going to poll us. Those young people, so no. How did that how, grind for Corbyn? Like that is so genius. Yeah, who came up with that? Yeah, Who's that? I don't even know, but it's like the best thing that ever happened to me. Yeah, I mean, I was reading an article about it today, and apparently in 2015, uh, there's a grammar artist called Novelist who tweeted like, "Like Corbyn's my man. Everyone vote for Corbyn or whatever." In in, a, in the leadership election. Yeah, and then off the back of that, it's been like drip feed, and then Stormzy said in an interview that everyone should vote for Corbyn, and now everyone like JMA sat down with him, and everyone's voting yeah. for Corbyn. So. Who knows? So good. Who knows? So final question. What advice would you give to people thinking about getting involved that haven't done it yet? Do it. (laughs) Definitely do it. Um, If for no other reason to uh, develop a deep appreciation of really nice doors. I don't know if that was a thing. Door door knocks and gardens. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) 
totally like <laughs> like even now I will like stop in the street and be like it's a really nice door knocker it's a really nice colour door that, that's also fun um, but yeah you, you get to see a cross section of society that you know we live in silos we live in bubbles now and you get to see this cross section of society that you would never ever see otherwise and uh, yeah it's fun it's fun even when people are a little bit nasty and just shut the door in your face it's like it's character building if nothing else <laughs> Completely true. You're so right about doors and gardens. Yeah, right. It's a great way to have a conversation. Because, mm-hmm. like, the thing about door knocking is you can tell within, like, a micro second if someone opens the door whether they'll be horrible to you or not. And, like, like Liz said, it's not that common, the horrible to you, but sometimes, even if people just answer the door, like... Yeah, we're just now. And just go, I love you, I love your garden. Oh, my God, are they a hydrangea? Like, yes! <laughs> <laughs> I believe it! Like, I've watched them five years ago, they've only just... And then you're talking for, like, two minutes before they're like, what is it that you want to get? Well, then they your mate. It's quite cool. <laughs> but, yeah, definitely just do it. Like, it goes without saying, really, but, like, there's lots of people who talk about politics and feel passionately about it. But, like, won't vote for Labour, won't vote for Greens because there's this one thing or these two things they don't agree with. But it's, like, join and try and change it because like, that is actually a thing. Like, like Liz did, like, in St. Helen, if there's no party, start one <laughs> and be it. Um, and you can really try and change it from within. Also, door knocking is, like... It also empowers you to be the one who knows what you're talking about. Yeah. Because there'll be a lot of people sat around the pub like, oh, people around here didn't vote for Brexit, or like, oh, well, you actually, I suppose about 50 of them last week, and they did. <laughs> they definitely did. And it's really good for a hangover. <laughs> Surprisingly. Like, there's so many times I've woken up like, can't go, can't go, can't go, I've got to go, and I've gone. Two hours later, you're walking around the fresh air, like, <laughs> chatting to people. It's great. And you drink loads of water. While you're out there, it's a good yeah. hangover. And you just meet those great people and you go to places that you've never been to before. And um, it's just such a great learning experience. Yeah. A lot of nice dogs as well. Yes. Oh, a lot of nice dogs. Ideal. Yeah. That's what I found. <laughs> <laughs> Some nasty ones, but not <laughs> Brilliant. Wow. Amazing. Thank you both so much. That's been, Thank you. Yeah, been Thank great. Thank you. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> What's happening? What's happening? That was your first go, wasn't it? Yeah, I've um, never done anything like this before. No time like now. Yeah. Don't look so worried. We'll look after you. Thanks. So, um, have you met her? Sarah? No. I did lots of work with her predecessor, Mary. We couldn't convince her to run again. But this one seems nice enough. And that lot seemed to like her. That lot? The people at HQ. Okay, right. Enough hanging around. Once we've finished all these two estates, it's back to base to get it inputted before tomorrow. Joys. Was that you volunteering to do data entry, Thomas? I did last night. And you were so good, I think you should crack on again tonight. I'm a volunteer! <laughs> Who wants us to win? Yes. Exactly. Now, does everyone know what they're doing? Mm-hmm. You all got enough posters, leaflets? Yep. Yeah. The person who shifts the most posters gets a pint on Tom, okay? Sod off! Well, consider it a form of personal motivation. Why am I getting picked on today? Jack isn't here. Cheers. No problem. Right, Holly, have you got the gist of it now? Sorry? Are you ready to go solo? By myself? 
Well, we'll cover more ground. You'll be fine. Um, <laughs> Great. Uh, so, Michael, you yep. take Mr. and Mrs. Phillips at number eight. Tom, you yep. have Miss Thompson at number ten. Cool. Uh, Sajid, have you got a pen? Right, yeah. Uh, you've got three different flats. The Renicks at 12A, the Krusevichs at 12B. Uh, how do you and spell the... that? Does it matter? I suppose not. The Krusevichs at 12B, and then Miss Thompson at 12C. Uh, last spoke to the Renicks three weeks ago. They were L3, so let's see if we've swayed them around. Uh, Miss Thompson is a registered supporter, so let's see what time she's planning on voting. And the same for the Krusevichs. Okay. Anything for me? Uh, always. Uh, Miss Carr and Mr. Jackson at 14. She's a former supporter, he's non-voter, potential British pride. I'll see if I can get him to remain apathetic. Holly. Yes. Holly, Holly, Holly. Let's have you at number 16. Nice and easy. Uh, what are their names? Mr and Mrs Mulroy. Supporters, last time we spoke to them. Which was... Sorry? When was the last time we spoke to them? Um, apparently not since 2011, <laughs> but I doubt they'll have changed their minds. 2011? Yep. How come so long? I don't know. I wouldn't worry our pretty little heads about it. Now, uh, keep it nice and short. In, out, no time for faffing about. Right. And get them to stick up a poster. It. Sorry, I'm um, I'm Holly Granger. I'm with your local candidate, Sarah. No, thank you. Uh, sorry, I haven't. We have you down as registered supporters. Sorry. We have you down as supporters um, of the party. Oh, uh, yeah, that would be the wife. Uh, are you not a supporter? Oh, we always go for you, lot. Is that both of you? Oh, gotta keep her happy. <laughs> Great. And then, will you, will you be voting on June the eighth? Voting. In the general election. Oh, not this time. Oh, it's just we could. Your candidate Sarah Perkins could really do with your support in election. We won't make it this time, but next time. Do you normally vote, Mr. Mulroy? Yes. Right. And is there any reason why you wouldn't be able to vote this time? We won't be able to get there. Okay, well, we could organise a lift to your local polling station, which is, um... Sorry. Uh, Walton Road? No, no not this time. It's probably too late for postal, I'm afraid. Um, yeah, it is, but I, I could arrange a vote by proxy. Pardon? Do you have a relative who could get down to the polling station on your behalf? I could get there. Right. It's not because I couldn't get there. Of course, I am. It's it, Elaine. Elaine? She won't manage it. Is this Mrs Mulroy? Yes. Well, if we organise a vote by proxy, you could vote on her behalf. Oh. Is that... Would you be interested in that? Um. Would you like to uh, come in and ask her? Come in? Yeah, she's uh, she's just upstairs. I see, and... Um, Yeah, I can come in for a few minutes. All right, hold on. Lovely. 
Come in. It's um, just up here. Okay. Sorry, it's so dark. Don't worry about it. Don't you want to use the stair lift? It's not mine. Sorry. I haven't worked in months. Is it broken? I expect so. I haven't got anyone around to fix it yet. They're all really busy. There. <clears throat> She's uh, just in here. This is your bedroom. Come in, don't worry. Okay. L, this is um. Holly, Holly Granger, I've come to speak to you about voting and all this. Please don't. Oh, she's fine, aren't you, love? Shouldn't be wasting your time. Uh -huh. Don't be silly. Oh, sorry, I didn't. She said, "Don't be silly." Right. Well. <coughs> Go on. Um, Sarah Perkins could really do with your support on the. Um, I'm sorry. Isn't? Is? Do you have a leak? Sorry. There's water coming from the ceiling. That's no, not a leak. It's dripping. Damp. Right. I'm sorry, I don't want to waste your time when you're not very well. <coughs> oh, I'm fine. It's not that important. Come and sit down. Where? You can sit here. On the bed. It's comfier than the chair. We always vote for you. Your lot, yeah, I told her. Don't we? We do. Well, what do you need us? We we don't. It doesn't really. She used to leaflet, didn't you, Queen? Mm-hmm. I did. I know what you're doing. Just the uh, uh, through the letter boxes. <laughs> Lost my fingers. Uh, too few dogs. <laughs> <laughs> So, what can we do for you? I, um, she wants us to vote. We'll vote. You can't get to the... like this. We can post it. Can't we? The deadline for postal's already passed, I'm afraid, but um, we could sort you out a proxy. Sorry. So your husband... Robert. Could, R Robert could go on your behalf? What day is it on? June the 8th? No, um, of the week. Uh, it's a Thursday. Can't do it. Yes, you can. I can't leave you on your own. Yes, you can. Where, where's the polling station? Waltham Road. I'm not leaving you. It would only your... take you ten minutes. No, I could do Tuesday. I'm afraid... She could do it for both of us on Tuesday. She... Bazina. Is that a relative? Couldn't you arrange for her to come on Thursday, maybe? She comes on Tuesday mornings for half an hour when she can. Is this your daughter? Nurse. Oh, well, a nurse wouldn't be. It has to be a close relative to vote by proxy. 
and then it'll have to be Robert. Right. I said no. And I said yes. Oh. Fine. I always win. Anything for an easy life. <laughs> you okay? Yes. Sure. So fussy. So, what one do we need to do? I have a copy of the form. You just need to fill it in and send it back. My handwriting's not very. You don't mind doing it, do you? Me? No, no, that's fine. Um, we can do it now. You, so your first name is... Um, Elaine. Elaine. I'll, um, I'll get that in the post for you today and then I'm sure we could get you a lift sorted to the polling station if you want. Okie doke. It was a pleasure to meet you, Mr. Roy. Robert. Robert. Hopefully I'll see you again soon. Right, so. See ya. Ta-ra. Shit. Yeah. Here she is. Sorry, I'm... I'm worried about you. You were? I mean, not worried enough to come and find you. Thomas. What? Are you alright? Yeah, I... Uh... You shouldn't go into people's houses by yourself. I'm fine, they would It's really... not a good idea. Ah, she returns. Hiya. Great, uh, do you all want to get the maps and boards out ready for the Harris estate? Sure. Yep. Thanks. So, have you got some information for me? Yes, um, they, they're an elderly couple. She used to help out, but she's not very well, and their flat Well, we don't isn't... want the life story. Sorry, but it's... It's a council property, isn't it? Yes. Well, I thought we could... What? Help. With the stair lift. Stair lift? It's broken. Yeah, right. And there's damp. Sure, well, uh, write a note and I'll see what we can do after the election. Right. What about the important bit? Sorry? Their supporters? Yeah, firm voters. I've organised a proxy. Great, uh, did you get them to put up a poster? A poster? In the window? No. Oh, so you'll be relying on your feminine charms for drinks then? Sorry? Well, no poster, no drinks on Tom. Right. Cheer up. Sure, I can get you one. I don't really drink. <laughs> well, you're lost. Right. Harris Estate, data, pub time. The stuff what dreams are made of. Great. Just keep your chat shorter this time. Sorry? On the doorstep. We haven't got time to waste on firm voters. So make sure they're turning up and then move on. Right. In, out, no faffing about. In, out, no faffing about. Perfect. Onwards? Onwards. Firm Voters was written by Julia Cranny. Elaine was played by Amanda Bellamy. Tom by Stephen Charrett. Holly by Julia Cranny. Nick by Fraser Hadfield. Penny by Indigo Griffiths. Robert by Simon Mattox. And Sajid by Jason Plessis. Firm Voters was directed by Atri Banerjee and produced by Jack Hudson and Charlie Kirsten. Feels like 
Firm Voters is the first of many episodes. To hear more, please subscribe to our page. Well, that's it. That's the new show. Thank you very much for listening. That was Charlie just there. I've been Jack. And like we both said, if you like the show, then please firstly subscribe and secondly, get in touch if you have any feedback. Email us, tweet us, Facebook us, whatever. We'd love to hear from you if you have any ideas about the structure or anything you'd like to contribute to the content. Thank you very much to everyone who contributed to this episode, in particular to Peter Minaj, whose new single, Never Give Up, will be available soon on Sintra Records. Until next time. Never give up, never give up, never give up on a good thing.